The following Taisho by Shinge Roshi, Roko Sheri Shayat, was recorded at the Zen Center of Syracuse Hoenji in Syracuse, New York. These recordings are offered for free. We welcome your financial support. To contribute and for further information, please visit www.zencenterofsyracuse.org. Thank you. The Blue Cliff Record, Case 57. Joshu's Where is Choice and Attachment? Engo's Introduction. Before passing through, it all seems like silver mountains and an iron wall. When you have penetrated it, you find that you yourself are the silver mountains and iron wall. If you ask me about it, I will say, right here, if you can reveal the activity, see the circumstance, occupy the main crossing, without allowing secular and sacred to pass, you will manifest your inherent capacity. If you are not yet able to do this, observe the capability of an ancient main subject. A monk said to Joshu, it is said the supreme way is not difficult, just avoid choice and attachment. What are non-choice and non-attachment? Joshu said, from the heavens above to the earth below, I alone, am the world-honored one. The monk said, isn't that still choice and attachment? Joshu cried, you bumpkin, where is there any choice and attachment? The monk was speechless. Secho's verse. Deep as the sea, high as the mountains. A mosquito attempts to fly into a gale. An ant tries to attack an iron pillar. Choice and attachment? Non-choice and attachment? A cloth drum hangs under the eave. We are, of course, all very attached to comfort, right? Most, I think, most difficult impediment is this attachment to comfort. Because we think there's always a way around the particular difficulty we may be feeling. And that thinking there's a way around it is the difficulty. Of course, this is the first two lines of So Sun's believing in mind, or faith in mind, or trust in mind, many ways to translate the title. We pre really try very hard to, to bring 
the discernment of our practice to bear on every circumstance. And we don't always get it right. The circumstance we're in now is particularly difficult, particularly inviting of choice and attachment, in other words. By now, what do I mean? What is our present circumstance? A crisis of the world. Political divide. Always there are political reasons for ignoring the crisis. But just here and now in summer session, right? Yeah. And so the officers and I are continually moving back and forth. Well, maybe we don't need the AC this morning. How about, okay, we'll definitely need it after lunch. Oh, okay. But then I'm standing there in this beautiful summer breeze and the leaves and the trees are doing this magical dance and the little cloud formations are saying, no, you're never going to get rain again. And it's just so incredible. And how can we be wasting energy and avoiding the conditions as they are, right? So they're, they're interlocked, right? This interwoven reality, this truth is to try always to weigh, okay, so some people say they're going to faint if we don't have the air conditioning on. Oh, we don't want you to faint. They're there. But maybe it's good to faint. <laughs> you know, especially when you're tired and your legs hurt. What a great opportunity. Clunk. <laughs> and then everybody has to, oh, get up and, you know, turn on the AC. So I'm just making this kind of joke because it's a serious matter. And discernment is not a fixed point. And this is our practice, to respond appropriately to circumstances as they, they're already gone, right? Already over. You missed it. This is, this is the interesting thing about responding to things as they are. So this koan, today's koan, case 57, is one of four with the great Zen master Joshu. Mm, I don't have to say anything about him because you all know he appears in so many different koans. And of course, number one, right? And as you know, he lived to be 120 years old. So plenty of opportunities for him to develop discernment. Plenty of opportunities for monks to come along and ask this and that. Does even a dog? have Buddha nature. And he was very fond of the first two lines of Master Soesan's poem that we chanted yesterday and that Jika quoted in her talk. This faith in mind or believing in mind. 
and particularly in four koans of the Blue Cliff Record, cases two, this case, 57, 58, and 59. So don't miss fall and winter sessions. One reason. The supreme way, that's the way it's translated here, Where is the supreme way, or the great way, another translation, or the perfect way? Where is it? Within ourselves. In the morning, we stand, we chant together, right? Atadipa, within yourself, you have it. This is what the Buddha told his disciples when he was dying. Don't grieve. You already have it. This light. You are the light. And it's revealing right here, right now. Especially with the windows open. Your true nature, another way to put it. This supreme way in Sanskrit Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi. We chanted Diamond Sutra earlier. Again and again, this line comes up. Anukatara Samyak Sambodhi. Probably you have noticed that, right? Yes, beautiful line. What does it mean? Supreme enlightenment. The supreme way. Tomorrow, we will hear the Tathagata has declared this teaching for the benefit of initiates of the Supreme Way. Who are these initiates? Anyone here? If you think of yourself as an initiate of the Supreme Way, what problems could you possibly have? This is a wonderful reset. Think about all the things you've complained about over the past 24 hours, not to mention before session. But you're an initiate of the Supreme Way. Forget. And he goes on and says, whoever, this he I'm talking about is the Buddha, whoever can study it, recite it, and spread it abroad will be clearly perceived by the Tathagata and will achieve a perfection of merit beyond calculation. Unlimited. Inconceivable. In every case, such a one will exemplify supreme enlightenment. Such a one. Such a one as you. You, 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 you. Of course, you know. Uh, and I know that it's not always fully comprehended. Not every moment of every day. There are these little gaps, right? 
you may not feel it completely believe it. So Engo says in his introduction, before passing through, before passing through, before experiencing this, koans seem incomprehensible, like silver mountains and an iron wall, he says. And not only koans, of course, right? What else? As Dylan put it, it's life and life only. This moment, this moment, this moment, this moment. What? What? These challenges everyone is met with, perplexed by. How am I going to deal with this? Okay, I thought it had, you know, it had some kind of good. place where it was all nicely put together and now I find that I cannot make any sense of it. What happened? And we find out really that it doesn't make sense and it cannot make sense. And we also at the same time have this very powerful preference for it to make sense for whatever it is we're dealing with in our life go on it we really want it to make sense we want to get it put it in a nice compartment box it in cover it up tie it up control it and what happens when we try to do that more dukkha right now what? A better box? Different wrappers? A new life? So what do we have to do? What do we have to do? We have to surrender to this not making sense, right? We have to say, okay. Maybe I'm not yet capable of fully comprehending. Maybe I haven't passed through. Silver mountains, you know, those distant mountains, very high, up in the silvery mist. The iron wall cannot break through. And yet at the same time, we have this intuitive feeling that with, as Jika said, persistence, this paramita of perseverance, virya, this energy, we have this intuition that it's here to be realized, that we can taste it. Otherwise, why would you be at session, right? In pain and in heat and all the things that you know that you don't like. Why would you be here if you didn't have this intuitive sense of? So trust, trust is so important before the capacity that we can actually pass through is realize, okay, just Trust, just sit, just keep on doing this moo, moo, without any expectations. Of course, this is the hard part. I'll do it if you guarantee that by the end of session, something will shift for me. Something will shift, I guarantee it. Probably not what you want, though. <laughs> but little by little, you let go of what you want. Let go of what you expect. Think about expectations for a moment. How could we possibly put into our limited expectation mind 
this inconceivable, unlimited truth that we are just right here, just maybe this thin scrim between it and us. If we simply continue without having some idea of what it should be, and then gradually the mind clears. And then one morning we're chanting the Heart Sutra, and we come to this passage. No hindrance in the mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond upside-down views, at last nirvana. And in seeing this, we see that the impossible circumstances of our lives, those mountains, those iron walls, are from the beginning nothing but. As Engo says, when you have penetrated it, you find that you yourself are the silver mountains and iron wall. And he says, if you ask me about it, I will say right here, if you can reveal the activity, what is that? To reveal the activity of your life, to respond fully with, as Sosan put it, nothing wanting, nothing superfluous. To be one with whatever it is you are doing, sitting, walking, sleeping, getting up, standing and walking and washing and driving and whatever it is. Just taking care of what needs to be done as nothing but this. Revealing the activity. What is it to reveal the activity? It means, in a word, not being caught in preferences. The minute you get this preferential mind stirred up, there is no direct activity possible. Everything is second-guessed. So, reveal the activity. See the circumstance. See the circumstance means to really see clearly with no veil over your eye, no coloration over your awareness, to see it. This circumstance as it is. Every koan is a, an exemplification of this realizing the natural oneness, no gap between doer and doing. There's a book by Mark Epstein, the title of which is Thoughts Without a Thinker. Just doing, just thinking. These thoughts have no choice and attachment to muddy. No thinker, no one owning. Just what is needed comes to mind and becomes actualized. This is what we do in Zazen. Every thought becomes a lotus flower. Every lotus flower reveals a Buddha. We chant this, but do you ever think this? Think this lotus flower. Think this Buddha being revealed. This is your natural way. It's not something that happens to you when you finally get to that top rung on the ladder. It's right here in this very thought. 
Buddha held up a flower. Gute raised one finger. That's it. Nothing about that flower. Nothing about that finger. Just this action. Sozan Zenji says in his first two lines, the supreme way is not difficult. Just avoid choice and attachment. And as we've all experienced, as soon as this preferential mind, choosing mind, attaching mind occurs, there is self and other, right and wrong, the ensnaring, the entangling, all manner of hindrances in the mind, and therefore what? Fear, right? When we find ourselves in the situation room, you know what the situation room is? Maybe some of you have watched House of Cards. What's the situation room? In the White House, you know, they have top secret discussions usually involving killing somebody. Yes. Choice and attachment. <laughs> Drop those bombs. And of course, also, all kinds of manipulation and scheming take place in the situation room, right? Mm. The situation room is the room of fear and loathing. Where is the situation room? We cannot say it is in the White House, although it is there. Where is it? Yeah. So someone, Daniel, your son, just said, where is the supreme way? Within. Where is the situation room? And everyone, right? The supreme way. <laughs> Situation room. <laughs> so interesting. Same being has this capability to be one with supreme way and get completely caught up, ensnared by, enslaved by the situation room of your lives. You know, that's where the control panel is, right? We're very caught up by having that control panel. Here we have the Jisha with the control for the AC. It's going to be cool. No, it's not. It's going to be hot. In our own lives, we feel we have to have that control panel. But maybe some of you remember uh, Tozan was asked by a monk in case 43 of the Blue Cliff record, cold and heat descend upon us. How can we avoid them? Well, central heating and air conditioning, and this is the, you know, the usual way, the situation room way, the control panel way anywhere but here. Make it different. But Tozan said, why don't you go where there is no cold or heat? Why don't you go to some nice advanced Western industrialized country where you can always walk into a building and find the temperature hovering magically between 68 and 74? And never think about the cost. The monk said, asked that question, the monk said, where is the place where there is no cold or heat? Okay, central heating and air conditioning had not yet been invented. 
Tozan said, when cold, let it be so cold that it kills you. When hot, let it be so hot that it kills you. What's being killed here? Yeah, preference, delusion, this idea of a separated individuality, right? This ego entity, this personality. I, the most precious one, must have it the way I like it. Unfortunately, there are 23 people here, or 24 people here. Turn on the AC, turn off the AC, <laughs> open the windows. And this is our lives, okay? It's just a, listen, listen. This is what we don't hear when we close the windows and turn on the air conditioning or the heat. So when we are one with whatever happens, when we see directly, when we are just allowing the heat to kill us with heat, and being one with whatever manifestation of what we have pointed at as dukkha, the essence of our dissatisfaction, when we're not thinking it's wrong, when we're not thinking it must change, it must be a little more of this, a little less of that, when we're just saying, okay, sweat, okay, pain, Okay, problems with a family member, maybe more than one. Okay, problems at work. Problems with your community. When we do this, when we kill, let it kill this separate control freak, then we can feel samsara is nothing but nirvana. No hindrance in the mind. Far beyond upside down views. At last, nirvana. Samsara has not gone away. Okay? It's your views that have changed, not samsara. That's what it means to say samsara is nirvana. Then, when you can really feel this and not seek elsewhere to make it a little bit better and not keep your own awakened mind at bay, okay, that's what the control panel does. You have this awakened mind using the control panel. You keep it at bay. Isn't that amazing? Why would we do that? Training? Education? So Engo says, if you can reveal the activity and see the circumstance, really see it. Occupy the main crossing without allowing secular and sacred to pass. This occupying the main crossing, right? So here we all sit. You are at the main crossing. You know what the main crossing is? Can you feel it? Whoever comes, whatever comes, all dualistic ideas, all preferential this and that, this is the way I wish it were, all of that. As Yogan Senzaki said, just block the road of your thinking. Occupy. This is true occupy. 
Remember there was Occupy Wall Street? This is Occupy, create this Wall Street, right? Here we are. All preferences, all notions, all concepts, all this and that, blocked by the Great Barrier. Another word for Wall Street in Oman's language is Khan. Barrier. So we have, again, this kind of um, idea about Khan. Well, it's a barrier, therefore I should go through it. Isn't my Zen practice a way of going through? Isn't that what he means before passing through? Huh? When you have penetrated it, one could actually think that, right? Be careful. Occupy. You are at the crossroads. Everyone here is at the crossroads of your life. What happens next? What's coming along? Some of you know. So when you're occupying, when you are nothing but this con itself, there's no storyline. There's no craving and aversion. There's just it. There is, I might say, an utter refusal to be drawn in to whatever folly of the month, you know, flavor of the month, whatever folly of the month or of the moment, whatever futility you have decided is your life. Yeah? The daily life dramas that we're so entranced by. Everybody wants us to share in their daily life dramas, right? Take sides, become as distraught and confused as they are so that they have company. You know, my soap opera, my reality show. <laughs> Don't you want to tune in? Let me tell you about it. And hours later, you hang up the phone and you're like, Jesus. <laughs> we don't do that in Doksan. You know, there is this kind of um, wish to be validated in your misery. Yeah, be careful. So what if we don't divide into secular and sacred, as Engo puts it? What if we just refuse to be drawn in no matter how enticing the tale may be? Then our inherent capacity is activated, right? Then our vow to, as we put it, realize and actualize the Tathagata's teaching no matter what the situation is, we can be in the driver's seat, in the director's seat. We are, after all. Why not live as you are? Don't be buffeted by what you think other people think of you. Act. But if not yet, as Zengo says, take a look at today's main subject. So he brings us to the koan this way. Everybody feels well set up? Monk comes to Joshu. He knows how often Joshu uses this quote from Sosan. All of Joshu's monks hear it all the time. The supreme way is not difficult. Just avoid choice and attachment. 
As I say, there are many different translations, but they all come down to the same thing. Just don't get caught up in preferential mind. The supreme way, I like this translation by Cleary, supreme instead of great or perfect because of the use in the Diamond Sutra, the supreme way, supreme enlightenment, the fundamental nature is not difficult. There's nothing difficult about it. When we do choose and do attach, of course it becomes difficult. But fundamentally, this way that we are walking, each of us is walking, whether we're sitting down or lying down or doing kinyin, we are walking this supreme way. We are one with this supreme way. And nothing can be said about it. Easy, hard. In in a way, in our zazen, there is a choice, but it's a non-choice, okay? Here it is. To trust this supreme way, to have faith that this breath knows how to breathe. How many of you have faith in your breath? Isn't that wonderful? Even if you didn't raise your hand, you took another breath. I could see it. And this is the meaning of faith, right? I mean, you can decide, no more breath. I'm holding my breath. You can. And probably as kids, you experimented with that, right? Maybe we all did. But to have this trust in the supreme way to have this faith in the breath. The reason we teach breath counting is to develop this kind of faith. It's not to become good at counting. And as I have said to you quite a few times, it may be that you can Deepen your faith in breath by doing something artificial with breath, which is to extend the exhalation to the count of 12. Everybody try it now. Just inhale normally, and then one, two, three, When you're feeling irritable, sleepy, fearful, caught up in all kinds of wayward thoughts, do this. Everybody can do this. Maybe you only get to nine. That's okay. Do this. It's a way of restoring your confidence in your own natural breath. You don't have to keep doing it. Just to really feel this exhalation. Where has it come from and where does it go to become aware of the depth and length of this exhalation? So I said you could have a choice, a non-choice, to be the breath, or a choice to immerse yourself in this separated individuality. To, as Sosan put it in his poem, to set up what you like against what you dislike. And he goes on to say, this is the disease of the mind. 
we can actually cure ourselves. We don't have to set up what we like against what we dislike. As soon as we yield to discriminating mind and conceptualize and intellectualize and analyze, everything is difficult. I'll quote Dylan again. I don't want to analyze you, categorize you, finalize you, or advertise you. All I really want to do is, baby, be friends with you. Isn't that what we're here to do? To be friends with our own lives? Every being in our lives? But this monk was not wanting that. He wanted to analyze and advertise himself. And thus he challenges Joshu in this Dharma combat. He tries to trap him. He says, what are non-choice and non-attachment? And, of course, he expects some kind of retort in the same line of dialectical reasoning. If this is the case, choice, what about non-choice? Joshu's response, from the heavens above to the earth below, I alone am the world-honored one. That has a ring to it, doesn't it? Who said that? Baby. Baby Buddha said that. So is this Joshu imitating Baby Buddha with one finger pointing to the heavens and the other to the earth? I alone am the world honored one. Who is this? When Joshu says this, is he imitating? How, you might ask, can Buddha imitate Buddha? He's just Buddha, just non-choice, just non-attachment. Activating choiceless attachment, choiceless awareness, non-attachment, non-choice. This I alone, what is the identity of I alone? Who is it? Yeah, without exception, all of us without exception, I alone. There is no separated individuality, no intrinsic substance or selfhood, just this shunyata, I alone. Therefore, as your gesture, Daishin, suggested, it fills the entire universe. How can you choose or attach in that realm? This realm, no way. Choice, what? Attach, to what? It's the whole, the whole of being, right? And this is Sosan again saying, one in all, all in one. If you look at this word, alone, all, one. Each of us, 
all of us. World honored one. But the monk then goes on to ask about that. He says, isn't that still choice and attachment? Aren't you choosing? Well, you know, when you're locked into the world of choice and attachment, everything is seen from that dualistic vantage point, as you probably have noticed. As the saying goes, when you're holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And we go banging our way through life. So this monk, not yet, not yet seeing the essential point, not yet penetrating. And of course, you know, from essential standpoint, every choice is fundamentally empty. Every choice is the whole universe. Therefore, no problem. This, no difficulty. So Joshu has shown the Supreme Way completely in its entirety. And the monk is still stuck. So he cries out, Bumpkin! Country boy! Stupid oaf! Many different translations of this too. In this very body, in this very place, where are choice and attachment? And did it work? We don't know. Probably not. Doesn't say the monk was enlightened with the readiness of time, yes? And this is an important thing for us to keep also in mind. We cannot do it for another. I often say all beings are the owners of their karma. We may desperately want someone to wake up from the nightmare that they are sure is the reality of that particular situation, that life, but we cannot. Shouting, okay, striking, and still no. But as David Lloyd said in his talk at Davisatsu on July 3rd, we have to respond without being attached to an outcome. Get it? We can, with discernment, make a choice, but we cannot be attached to thinking, okay, here's the goal, and if I don't meet this goal, it's a failure. Sometimes we really get trapped in that, what Sosan says, gain and loss, right and wrong. And how to respond? I know all of us have had this dilemma. Sometimes the response is no response. Other times it's a turning word. Ah, some sort of discerning action. It's very important that we not get misled with this non-choice, non-attachment into thinking non-caring. We must care. When we make decisions about little things here like turning on the soaker hose and forget that Skinny Atlas Lake has gone down, 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 down. What does that say about our understanding of right action? 
and not to speak of thinking about the inconvenient truths for us in this developed nation, like maybe I shouldn't water the lawn. And as I said the other night, in East Africa, there is no food. Children are starving to death. We are in the same. We are all one in this, right? We are interconnected. What do we do? The political expediency that we hear about, as you pointed out, a lot of things are being ignored. They're inconvenient, right? But we ourselves, what do we do? So again, you know, this was quoted too. Samuel Beckett's ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. Did it work? No. Is there frustration that it didn't work? Yes. Let the frustration be a goad, right? Not a goal, but a goad, right? Go deeper. Go longer. However endless the Buddha's way is, I vow to follow it, this supreme way. Today in the sitting after Diamond Sutra, there was this sudden swelling up of tree beings, these beings. And so San said, when free from aversion and craving, it reveals itself fully and without disguise. So our practice is about being present, being here, not avoiding by seeking after distractions. Then, Whatever comes, we will know what to do. And if we make a mistake, okay. This morning I was trying to feed Nikita. Got it all together, nice bowl full of yogurt and dog food and little pills for her arthritis and about to hand it to her. And the whole bowl slipped from my hand, crash on the floor broken bowl, food spilled, and the dog, this poor little dog, was like, oh, what did I do wrong? Immediately terrified that she had caused this. And I had to pick up the little bits of food and show her it was okay to eat. And then, of course, she cleaned the floor. Right? So this is just an example. We are always facing issues, doing our best. We want to feed, we want to help. Something happens, it all comes apart. It's all over the place, it's a terrible mess. And then what? Okay, it's all right, it's okay. And then, <laughs> clean floor. Now, it seems like a silly example, but you know, we all face this kind of thing all the time. And to have trust in mind is the only thing we need.